So if you have your Bible or if you have it on your phone, I want you to turn to Jonah chapter 1. Just for a few moments with me, please. Jonah chapter 1, and we're going just to read two verses at the beginning of this chapter. And I hope that it's not uh, kept it as simple as I can to make sure that everybody should get should understand this. I've also tried to help make sure that each person will know what we're speaking about this evening. Jonah chapter 1. I'm just going to read the first few verses of this passage of scripture. And I'll take my watch off to make sure I can see time. So make sure, although the reality is I never look at my watch when I take it off. It's just for sake of setting it in front of me. Anyway, I don't even lose that screen. Uh, but let's just uh, read God's word. Jonah 1 verse number 1. And now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city. And cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. And we'll end the reading there, because the Lord will bless it. And just seek the Lord and pray for it. Father in heaven, we come afresh into thy presence this evening. We thank thee, O God, for the subject before us. We thank thee also for each and every person that's gathered here. Bless them. Bless thy word to our hearts, and Lord, maybe as we gather here, may each of us get something from thy word this night. May it be a word that is in season to us. We came this evening not thinking about getting something from thee. We pray, O oh God, that thou would help us not only to, to look for something, but Lord, may you bless it upon our hearts, we ask of thee. Bless our gathering here, we ask of thee, in Jesus' name, say, Amen. Uh, amen. I want this evening just to give you a clear picture of Christ through the book of Jonah. And to do that, there's a number of things I could do. There's the obvious things which I could look at, which I will look at near the very end. But I think it's best to consider just two things, well, two and sort of two and a half things within these points. Because this book shows us that Jonah did a great work for God. And here we're pointed towards the one who did a greater work than Jonah. Who would not only be able to call people called Nineveh to repent, but would call many a sinner to come to Christ. And as I said, as I look at this subject this evening, I want to look at the, I look two, two things really. The first one is a picture of Christ through the life of Jonah's life, or through Jonah's life. And to do that, I want to start with Jonah, then look at Christ as well. Verse number two says, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Jonah was sent to do something for God. He was to reach the people who were unreached. He was told to cry against it and to call on their sin. But Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. Jonah didn't want them to hear the gospel. Jonah didn't want to be the one that had to tell the people about the things of God. If you ask me afterwards, I'll go through a few things and thoughts of what commentators actually did think about regards to when Jonah arrived in Nineveh. But Jonah was sent by God to reach people. He knew they needed to repent. He knew they had a past. He knew that, they, that sin had grasped their lives. He knew that evil was ever before them. He knew that sin had been in their hearts. And he knew that they were his enemy. But that's still the same people God sent Jonah to go to. 
And God says, Jonah, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for thy wickedness is up before me. But these are not who Jonah thought Judah was. You know, this evening I think of that too. Maybe you think the enemy should not be reached. You're going to say, well, Christ didn't come to reach the enemy. Christ didn't come to, to reach the enemy. Christ came to reach a certain people. Do you know what Christ said he came to? He came to reach sinners. He says he came to reach the sinners. And you see that in Mark chapter 1, or 2 verse 17, it says, And when Jesus heard it, he said unto them that they that are a whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick, they came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That was the call. I'm sure you could think of a few other verses of scripture where Christ spoke. I was thinking of the book of, of, of Matthew. There's a, there's a verse or two in there in Matthew chapter 16. In Matthew chapter 16, Christ speaks here about the enemy. You think Matthew 16, I'll read it to you. And verse number three. And it says, in the morning it will be foul weather. You think of these, these words. Foul weather. For the sky red and luring and the hypocrites, he can't discern the face of the sky. But can he discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There shall be no sign to be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And they left them and departed. Christ, Christ brings us back to Jonah. Christ brings us to the thought that there's a sign in Jonah's day that would be to a nation. Such is Christ pictured because this is what Christ came to do. But Jonah was called of God to preach to the enemy. Don't Jesus say in Matthew chapter number 5 verse 44, love your enemies. He said, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Oh, we bless them that curse you. But he says, do good to them that hate you and pray for them that despise for the huge you. And all knew, Jonah knew about the people of Nineveh. He didn't want to reach them. But let's look at the point of Christ. Because Christ knew what the people were thinking. Christ knew much more of the people's sins. Christ knew that they hated him. And Christ knew that they hated the message and the truth. Yet still he went out of his way to reach them. He went out of his way. And the picture there is of God's love. For in Jonah's day, God had love. And God had a concern for the heathen. And God sent Jonah to warn the people. And God sent Jonah to remind them of judgment to come. When God looked down on this earth 400 years after silence on this earth, having warned the people of Nineveh, having warned the people of their need, God had a concern for the heathen still, and he sent a greater than Jonah. He sent a saviour into the world, and he reminded them about the judgment of God, and you can read that over in Matthew chapter number 12, verse number 41. It says, The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold a greater than Jonah is here. So there's a picture as well of, of Christ 
And Jonah, he could see the enemy, he knew the enemy. He didn't want to go to the enemy, but a greater than Jonah was come, and he was sent by God, just as Jonah was sent. And we're finding that Christ warns him that greater of Jonah is here. Maybe you ask, who did God send Jesus to reach? Jesus was sent from heaven to reach the unreachable. And the picture that's shown to us in this passage is without Jonah going to warn the people, the people may have remained unreachable. Without Christ coming into this world and opening a way for men and women to come to him, then would you be reached? Would you? Jonah then, to the godly nation, he said, he did as God commanded him. Commanded him. It says in the verse number three of that chapter, he rose up to flee from Tarsus. He ran away. He ran away. And the, and the body nation were there. And as Jonah ran away from the things of God, Jonah had to know that he had to come back. First in chapter number three, it says, So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was exceeding great city of three days journey. But God commanded Jonah, I want you to get this. God commanded Jonah, and if you're in the means for writing anything down, Galatians chapter number 1 verse 4, it gives us a command of Christ too. It says in that verse, he gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. So God commanded Christ. Just as God commanded there are Jonah in these pictures. But to give you an insight of what, what I mean this evening, to give you a clear picture of the setting of what people needed to do, I think there's, there's two simple subheadings I have. The first one's repent and the other one's to have faith. And the first repentance is found in chapter 3 in the verse number 3 and 4. Jonah. It says, So old Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh, According to the word of the Lord, now Nineveh was exceeding great city of three days' journey, and Jonah began to enter the city a day's journey, and he cried, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God. And there we find that there's a call. There's a call for repentance. There's a call that the people would turn from their sins, a call that should go out. In Matthew chapter 12, there's a similar a call that says, in verse number 41 of Matthew 12, the man of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, the greater Jonah is here. We find that Christ says that there's a need for repentance. You see, you read there about Jonah that the, greed, that the need was spelled out with regards to Nineveh. Their requirements, repent. The reason for their need, if they did, did not repent, the Bible says stated, it's stated here that they would be damned. They would be overthrown. Or the indication here is that they would face judgment. You know the word, the number of 40 is in scripture? It means a time of testing. There was a time where God was testing these people. Where God was speaking to these people and saying here, will you repent? But they needed to repent in time. That proved that if they repented, that was what God required of him. But also, in the same regards to Christ. 
the picture that Christ had before us. So Christ, through Christ, we have repentance. Through Christ, the message is to repent. And the nation is told that they should repent and call on the God. Remember Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, it says, Repent ye therefore and be converted. And that's the very message that Jesus spoke the very first time after his baptism. Christ went into the houses. Christ went from place to place. Christ went in the streets and he cried and told them about repenting unto God. And Christ spoke to the people about repentance. And just for your own insight, in chapter 4 of Matthew, chapter number 17, you'll find that, as I said, the very first message was Christ spoke after the, the baptism. He said these words, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know what he was doing there, by the way? He was echoing the words of John the Baptist in the passage before. He was echoing what John, showing that they were singing of the same hymn, hymn sheet. But notice that they came, and they came on the precipice of another another man before Christ, that was that, that was John. And as he cried, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is hand. Christ said from these days that began to preach, the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And that was God's message for the unrighteous people. You know, God said to Jonah, God says, preach it. Preach the word. Chapter 3, verse 2, it says, And arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it. The preaching that I bid you. That I bid you. There is God says, Jonah preach, the word of God preach that they will repent. Christ preaches there that they repent. There's a couple of things just, just very briefly. There's another thought there is the words have faith. In chapter 4 of Jonah, chapter number 4, uh, verse 4, it says, Then said the Lord, Dost thou be well to be angry? Jonah went to the city and sat east of the side of the city, made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see that he would come to that city. But you know before that, in the previous chapter, verse number 5, So the people of Nineveh believed and proclaimed the past and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he rose from the throne, and laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. You see, if they believed, they would be saved from being overthrown, meaning that they would not anguish in the feet. But if they believed in the message, by faith, they would repent of their sin. Here, them having faith in God's messenger's message, it shows the picture of a change in their lives. But before they changed, I want you to hear this. Before they changed, they had to hear the message. They had to hear the message. They had to listen by faith and to believe it. And for the foreshadowing here with regards to Christ, the people needed to hear the message of the gospel and believe just as Nineveh were told to do. And with an eye of faith, the message and the trust, instead of doubt, people will be saved. You see, the warning uh, from Christ is over in the book of Luke. Luke chapter number 11. And it's in the verse number 30. And Christ says, For as Jonah was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. And he's indicating there in that passage once again that a greater than Jonah has come. Look at verse and number 32, that's the passage. The man of Nineveh shall rise up in judgment with this generation, shall condemn it. 
For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, the greater than Jonah is here. There's the indication to have faith in the things of God. Have faith in God. Because God is able to deliver. But there's many, many other things in this passage of scripture which which I could bring to your attention this evening. And I could, or many, many things. Let me just bring a couple of them just for your thoughts. In the passage of scripture that was before us here, these men were convinced about God. They're convinced about God. I'm convinced of God being there. The Bible says over in chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Now the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Won't you listen to them? There was a sacrifice made to God, a sacrifice that brought the men to think that God was real. They were convinced without doubt that they had they had the call from God. A vow before God. Remember in Mark chapter 15. Because I want you to remember these two passages of scripture. Because in Mark chapter 15, in verse 39, when Christ was on the cross, we find that the centurion that was there, he said, now listen, remember back there in chapter 1, we read there, in that verse 16, that they feared the Lord, they offered a sacrifice unto the Lord, and they made vows. In, in Mark 15, verse 39, and when the centurion which stood over against them saw that, so he cried out and gave up the ghost and said, Truly this is the Son of God. And that really is the second lay in the picture of Christ's sacrifice of foreshadowed Jonah. Similarly, of the repentance of faith, similarly now there was a sacrifice that had to be made. Because the Bible indicates there in that verse, in that verse number 16 about those things, and then the 15 of Mark chapter 15 verse 39, about both of those people believing in God. There's another thing in there. The Bible indicates in chapter 1 verse 15. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from their raging. Jonah was taken out of the ship. And Jonah was cast aside. The men knew that Jonah was not right to cast Jonah into, into the sea. But they also knew that it was a benefit for them. In relation to Christ, he was taken out of the city of Jerusalem. He was cast out from the city of Jerusalem. Many people knew that it was wrong what they were doing. But they knew in turn it would be benefit to their soul. And what a benefit Christ is to their soul. So there you have Jonah who was cast out, Christ who has been cast out. Another thing, look at verse number 14. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not this innocent blood upon us, this innocent blood, for thou, O Lord, hast done it as it pleased thee. The men knew that this was innocent blood. They knew that Jonah did not deserve punishment of being cast into the sea. It was torrential. And their heart knows within themselves that it is not right. And they know Jonah's innocent. The word innocent here means without cause. But over in Matthew chapter 27 
And I want you to get this, Matthew 27, the verse number 4. And this is Pilate begins to speak about Christ. For Matthew 27, here as we look at this picture, it's so before us, verse 4, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And there we find that, that Pilate uh, proclaims, or Judas proclaims, that there's innocent blood here in this passage. That there's innocent blood that's there before them. Look at verse number 24. And when Pilate saw that he would reveal nothing that would rather that was made, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See you too. And there we find that Christ, that Jonah was mentioned, that the people thought that this was an innocent blood. And the picture we have of Christ there is that Christ was known as innocent blood. He was a person without any doubt. And the thought there in those words where Pilate says it meant that he did not deserve to be punished. There's another thing there too. Verse 17 of Jonah, chapter 1. Then the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. This foreshadows what God set out for the Savior to do that he came to the earth to die. And to show you that, you look at Matthew 12, verse number 40. Because it's better to look what Jesus says about it, not just what we say about these things. Verse 40. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. This was not only mentioned as a picture of Jonah. It was not only mentioned by Jesus while he was on earth. But let's go a little further. It was spoken of by the angels in Luke chapter 23 verse 6. Well Luke chapter 23 and the verse number 6. I want to read these verses with you. Luke 23 verse 6 it says When Pilate heard of Galilee he asked whether the man was Galilee and soon as he heard, he belonged to Herod's indirection. He, he, he sent them to Herod, to himself, in, in, in Jerusalem. And Herod saw Jesus, he was seeing God, for he was desirous to see him. And there he was, a desire to see of Christ. He was desire to see what Christ had done, and see what Christ had done in his life. Then, as I said, the, the angels, chapter number 24, verse 6. He is not here, for he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you as he was in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered unto the hands of sinful men and must be crucified. And the third day shall rise. Not only was it mentioned of Jonah of Christ and also mentioned by Christ, but the angels also proclaim it. And the number three in scripture, it means complete or completeness. And it reminds us that it was a finished the picture, they're foreshadowing. The, 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 the picture we have of Christ it was a finished work. I read a quotation. It's from uh, M.R. Dean, an American pastor and biblical writer in the 1800s. He said these words. In the Old Testament, there contains no clearer, no more type definite picture of the death and resurrection of our Savior than of the book of Jonah. 
Haman's got all the sword. We'll close it there, but verse 11, chapter 11, verse 20, 33, I want to finish with. Chapter 11, verse 33, it says, And the men of Nineveh, that shall rise up this generation, generation shall condemn it. That's the last bit. They repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, the greater than Jonah is the earth. We all are not perfect. We are not perfect whatsoever. Every one of us make mistakes. But just like Jonah, God wants to use us. In spite of Jonah, God frees 40,000 people. In spite of him. And Christ, the greater than Jonah, has seen, seen so many more and more come to so let me ask you a question this evening. Will you take this foreshadow and show the world what God can do? You take this word from God this evening. Look at it. And if you've taken notes, take it home with you. Let people know that God, that God has shown us through the Old Testament and he's shown us a picture of what Christ has done. I ask you to let God do something in your life. You say, well, I don't want my friends to know that I'm a Christian. I'm afraid to let them know that I'm a Christian. I'm afraid to tell them that they need to be saved themselves. God's faithful to those that are faithful to him. God just calls us to be faithful. And I know none of us will ever be like Christ because none of you will. But we can be as Christ-like and try and be, live the life Holy sacrifice unto God, which is our reasons. I would encourage you, I, I, I love young people, I love to see young people going on with the Lord and see people growing. Just as Jonah had to grow, because that's what he had to do. Christ had to grow in his life. Christ said he must be about his father's house. Kind of God, this evening, may it be the case for you too. That you will be about in God's service. Time to be at the close. Thank you for spending time with me this evening. I'd love to spend time with you. I'm going to close in a word of prayer. We'll thank the Lord for those things provided for you. I trust that as you've got something out of this message this evening, try to make it simple, but also try to make it that you'd all be able to get something from it. I trust it has been a little bit simple. Let's be able to understand these little things. Jonah certainly, they call him the runaway missionary because he ran away for so long. They knew he had to go. He had to go through the cross. And Christ had to go also. God sent him to do that work. That he should do. That he should do this for the Father of heaven to come nigh into thy holy presence this evening. We thank you, God. And that we're able to deliver men, women, and young people from their sin. We thank you for Jonah and the scriptures here and how not only as we see so simply those little things of going set, being set outside a boat, being set outside the, the, the walls of Israel or, or of Jerusalem. How that when, when the people, they, they give thanks to God and worship God once that Jonah was cast into the sea. We find on how that Christ, that's in Trinity, this is the Son of God. Immediately in Christ's crucifixion, 
Lord, we think of how the three days of the day. We think of how they're God moved. We think of how the innocent blood, we think of how the testimonies, the people. Lord, what a blessing it is to know Christ is like eternal. Lord, we thank you, God, for gathering here with each and every person. Bless also, God, our hearts, and if we do not know Jesus Christ, may this be the night that we put Christ first in our lives. Lord, we pray, O oh God, for the food that's provided for us, those good things, lessons our body needs. Lord, as we think of ourselves, Lord, we do think of others that do not have. But Lord, we thank you for those that provided these things for us. Bless them to our bodies as we can drink and drink, Lord, that we give the honor and praise and all glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.